0: Hey, how are you? This is Scott Bryant Comstock, and this is another fantastic episode of the Optimistic Advocate podcast. And today I have a treat for you. Today is something a little unusual. I mean, our focus is always on innovators in the mental health space, and we have an amazing innovator with us today. His name is Lloyd Garrison. Lloyd is currently the CEO and founder of Hidden Gems by LG, which serves to motivate, inspire, and educate others through the power of the spoken word. Lloyd's passion for utilizing spoken word and motivational speaking began during the global pandemic in 2020. Lloyd also has a unique passion for working with young people, which began in 1999, where he worked as a tutor advisor for the University of Cincinnati's Upward Bound program in Cincinnati, Ohio. Lloyd is currently using his passion for assisting disadvantaged youth and their families as the Director of Juvenile Just Services at Connections Incorporated in Indianapolis, Indiana. He obtained a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Arts degree in English from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Lloyd, it's great to have you on the program. And and Lloyd, I'll tell you, the the reason I said at the beginning that today was going to be a little unusual, typically on this podcast, you know, we focus on, on what's happening programmatically with different programs that are serving young people. And we could talk about that. You have over 20 years, maybe close to 25 years of experience working with youth who are involved in the justice system, working with families. You have a long history of this work, but what attracted me to you and the reason why I wanted to interview you today is that we're always looking for innovators in the mental health space who have figured out a way to, what, unleash that creative spirit uh, within, which I think probably makes you a much better provider. Uh, and how I found Lloyd was on Clubhouse, which is an app, if you're not familiar with it, uh, where there's just a myriad of different forums, people all over the world talking about issues that that they care about and are interested in. Uh, most listeners know that 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 I have a passion for poetry. So I go to a lot of poetry rooms. And I was in a poetry room and I'll give it a plug. Uh, The House of Ellen E. Gaguchi, which is a fabulous poetry room. And Lloyd was in that room, read one of his poems. And when I found out about his background, his history, and his involvement with youth, I thought, man, that is a perfect, perfect fit for the Optimistic Advocate uh, podcast. And why today is a treat is we're going to focus on Lloyd's poetry. Uh, He's written a book called A Mile in Our Shoes, uh, full of uh, poetry, spoken word that is just, really, really touches the heart in a wonderful way. So I'm very excited about this opportunity to share the gifts of Lloyd Garrison uh, with our listeners. Lloyd, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, uh, Scott. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. I mean, we uh, we crossed paths. I'm glad that we did, and I look forward to sharing uh, spoken word and, and just uh, putting a positive word out there in the atmosphere.
0: Well, I, I, I'll i tell you, Lloyd, I, I was... Uh, uh, and, 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 to our listeners, I told Lloyd before the, uh, uh, before this call, I said, all right, pick three poems and, you know, we'll have you read three poems. And then I started reading his book and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I'm going, he's got to read that one. And then I get a little further, go, no, he's got to read that one. And he got to read that one. And, you know, I pretty much, if, and we're not going to do this, but, you know, I have a list of like about 10 different poems. So you're just going to have to get a copy of his book. If you, if you want to enjoy them all, I'll give you the links uh, in the show notes of this episode, but Lloyd, what, 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 I, well, you know what, let, let's just start with a poem. Let's, let's just let you hear some of Lloyd Garrison. And then we can just, the conversation can flow from there because I want to know about how you got started and you know, all that good stuff. But because this podcast is is uh, being uh, conducted on Martin Luther King Day. I would like if you would be willing uh, to start with one of your poems called "Worlds Apart."
1: Absolutely, um, I can definitely do that. I, I would have it no other way.
0: Perfect. Let it rip.
1: This poem is called "Worlds Apart." I wrote this. Um, I would say about a year ago or so, and uh, it, it definitely means a lot, you know, on MLK Day to read this poem. So here it is, Worlds Apart. There is no doubt in my mind that we are still worlds apart in our views. But Dr. King's dream is still attainable if we finally put our pride aside and learn to work together. What if we opened up our ears to hear what he was really trying to tell us? I know he's not here anymore, but he left one hell of a blueprint for us to follow. We've only had more than 50 years to add to the legacy that he left behind. I won't bother asking you if you think life is fair because we know it's not for black and brown people. Whether we stream it live or we see it happening right before our eyes, the world as we know it is in a dark place. But at least I can say I've met at least one person who cares about equal treatment as much as I do. But how can a person begin to justify an injustice? How can a person begin to explain the pain that has followed Black and brown people for centuries? I know you can hear it in our voices when we're talking to the media about another lost life. I know you can feel it in our spirits that are used to being full of so full of life protesting keeps us in the fight. But our goal is to bring awareness to all those who think we are somehow intimidated. We are not. We never will be. We just don't want to lose any more innocent lives in the struggle for equality. We are just tired of having to step over and beyond the limitations that were never designed to be obstacles for us in the first place. Most of us we just want to live to see our kids graduate from high school, to find a job and live a peaceful life away from all the drama and stress and street life. So on the bright side, you have shared some things with me that have changed my outlook on life. I know now you had no control over the family you were born into. Not everyone was born into riches, burns crosses, and the people's front yards and celebrates their misguided viewpoints by watching Birth of a Nation with no commercial breaks. I know now you had no control over the skin or the color of your skin. Not everyone wants to live in a world that treats some people like animals and others like humans. I know now that just because someone is white doesn't mean they can't fight for equal rights. Not everyone uses their privilege to support a racist agenda. I'm here to tell you, I am and always will be worthy of equal treatment, and so are you. I am, I am always and will be worthy of feeling safe, whether I'm at home or away, and so are you. I am and always be worthy of being viewed as an asset and not, li- not a liability, and so are you. All I know is the more we get comfortable talking about issues that cowards shy away from, the closer we will be not only achieving Dr. King's dream while putting an end to America's nightmare. I guess we are not a par of art as we thought we were, are we? We're not worlds apart.
0: That's beautiful. Lloyd, who are you writing that to and why?
1: Great question, Scott. I'm writing that to all of those who feel like their worlds apart. We, we black, brown, white, doesn't matter what color you are. It, it can seem like because we're on two different sides of the hemisphere, hemisphere that there's experiences that you have and that I have, but we all have commonalities. We all have different things that bring us together and, and things that can seem from the media's perspective, from the world's perspective, they can bring us farther apart. But the more we understand each other, and the more we talk to each other, the more we communicate, and the more we extend grace and understanding to one another's experiences, the closer our worlds are.
0: You know, I, I, as, you, as you were reading, I, I, was, I was thinking about, so here, here's, here's a poet who has, you know, decades of working with uh, black youth, brown youth, white youth all, all different races, but share the, you know, I guess the common denominator they share of the young people that you work with is that they're in difficult situations. And what would be your message to them in terms of about, you know, how we think about race and um, disparities and uh, because they're, they're just living in a, a world that many of us never touch.
1: Great question. I would say for me, so I'll just say from my perspective, I just think the message needs to be the same that love brings us all together. Yeah. Um, I think when when kids know that you care, when adults know that you care, then I think that it makes the conversation different. Now, now I have an opportunity to kind of not only I can I can never really walk a mile in your shoes, but I can understand where you're coming from. I, I can I can make sure that I don't look at you any different than anyone else, and I think that just kind of brings a level of uh, aside and anxiety of uh, a relief of anxiety. Then most people just kind of say, "Well, my, wow, that shield that I may have thought when I first saw that person it's altogether different because they don't look at me different than anybody else." So, mm-hmm. so I think it's just about a level of understanding, a level of patience with people's experiences because you never know what someone's been through.
0: Love it. Read uh, if you would uh, uh, another one that, and I was thinking about especially about um, uh, your history and 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 especially for the young people who 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 are coming up in in many ways under your guidance but can you read maybe i'm a fool
1: absolutely absolutely um
0: i promise i'm not going to make you read the whole book i (laughs) promise
1: no problem i'm gonna find that one right now okay this is um this is also one of my one of my favorite poems all of them my favorites but this is actually one of my favorite poems just thinking about it from that perspective i'm just thinking about it The MLK's whole purpose was to nonviolently go about some of the things that people do nowadays in a violent manner. He wanted to make sure that he sent the message that we're not only we're all the same, but the fact is that his dream should have been attainable a long time ago. But this is me talking to myself and saying, maybe I'm a fool for thinking it could still come true because it can. As much as people told me that I couldn't, there was always something inside me that told me that I could. There was always something that reminded me that I would. And even if it took me forever, I never wanted to believe that I was just another fool who gave up without even trying. I would much rather be the person standing in line to vote than the person complaining on a yacht who exercises his voice from a distance. No, that wasn't gonna be me. Our actions alone can be the difference between systematic change or a rerun of American Psycho, the presidential edition. I guess some people don't need a stay-at-home order to sit at home and do nothing at all. Maybe I'm a fool because I still hold on to the hope that Dr. King's dream can still come true. We've only had more than 50 years since his death to create a valid response to systematic racism. What would the world look like if we can finally just sit in the same room and listen to each other. Zoom or doom, you choose. I wonder what would happen if we could all work together for once instead of playing the blame game when it's obvious that our problems are are deeper than our skin color. We are in the midst of a global pandemic and people are fighting over parking spaces at Walmart. Our priorities have never been more out of order than they are now. It takes far less time for us to execute a terrorist in a foreign country than it does for us to find a murder suspect in our own backyard. We still have fathers and mothers waking up the children who will never be able to clean the rooms again. But police, they seem far more worried about issuing curfew violations than justice and peace. The sirens have been going off in our heads and our ears for years to remind us that everything needs to change in our society. It's painfully obvious that we have the people, we have the resources, we have the support, and most importantly, we have the ability to make a difference in the world we live in. However, I won't be the fool that messes it up for everyone by doing nothing. When change requires something from everyone and neither should you.
0: Ah, what are you feeling right now? At, finish reading that. What, what comes up?
1: Wow. It's just thinking about just our society and just thinking about the fact that we we have a lot of ways to go when it comes to injustice and when it comes to things that are very simplistic and, and you know, but things that are—they're big in, in, in my mind. So when I'm reading, when I'm reading that poem, I'm just thinking about, wow, we really can make a lot of changes by just all working together.
0: You know, you know what I love about this poem in particular. What really struck me was, you know, the the whole thing about, well, maybe I'm a fool because a lot of people might say, yeah, you're a fool. You know, this is never going to happen. But that 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 sense of hope that you have. I think this is what I like about your poetry. It's, it's, it's hopeful, but it's, it's also blended with reality. You know, it's, 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 it's not just Pollyanna, hope. You know, this has been going on a long time. We got the tools, we got the resources. And maybe I'm a fool, but no, I think, I think we can push forward. I, I just love that about, about your poetry. Well, let's continue the MLK theme, uh, day theme. I think it's perfect that we're doing this interview on this day got a couple more poems I want you to read, and I think this is going to be a tremendous gift for our audience. Do you mind reading um, Undercover Racist?
1: Absolutely. Undercover Racist. Of all the things and the people in the world to hate, why do you choose me? There must be something innate about your character or being that motivates you to embark on a dark road that leads to dead-end statics before it begins. How did you reach a point where the truth makes you scatter like a roach who is fearful of a light? At least the people who openly hate me are bold enough with their convictions. They earnestly express their disgust for my heritage and are diametrically opposed to everything I stand for. Does the way I navigate the world, does that intimidate you? Does the beautiful skin I am adorned with, does that make you jealous? Does my combination of worldly intellect and street smarts, does it make you question your own existence? Does my presence make you hold on to your possessions and loved ones a little closer, a little tighter? The bigger part of me wonders why I even bother asking you these questions. You know the answers to my questions deep down inside your heart. However, I ask them anyway, to cause you to reflect on why you have chosen to be an undercover racist. The hate you must feel, it must be a heavy burden to carry. Something that gets more burdensome with each passing day. I'm sure you convince yourself that people like me are asleep while you remain determined to see me die with my eyes wide open. But I'm alive. There is no platinum card user agreement that qualifies a person to be profiled vilified or patronized all because of the color of their skin. So who they choose to love or who they decide to do behind closed doors. Even the animals in the kingdom have respect for the order of the jungle. But you, on the other hand, you lack the internal discipline to think beyond your small minded views. There has always been a part of me that has been curious about what all those late night discussions you've been having with your so-called friends. Well, you, sir or madam, you have no friends. Coming together to agree on a common strategy to hate others, that's the opposite of friendship. It's called racism. My true friends accept me for who I am, accept me for who I'm not. They love me for who I will be, and they support me for what I could be. Maybe one day you will decide to align yourself with people who can take your mind to another level. The doctor is ready to see you now. Insurance is optional. A heart transplant is required for you to make a full recovery.
0: Oh, man. I love so many things about this poem. Uh, of all the things in people in the world to hate, why do you choose me? Um, you know, they're they're. Must be something innate about your character, or being that motivates you to embark a dark road that leads to dead end status before it begins. Oh man, it's just so strong. I mean, it's 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 um, yeah. This one really touched me. I think th- I, this this I think white people, especially white men, need to read this poem <laughs> and need, and and make it a bedtime poem and 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 just sit with it in the sense that you know this is the reality that you have lived with your whole life, you know, and it's so easy for, um, uh, for white people to uh, gloss that over, you know, to, to, to think you're, you're part of whatever that is. That's asleep. It's just real. I'm kind of rambling on. I just think it's really, really strong coming together to agree on a common strategy to hate others is the opposite of friendship. It's called racism. Well said, Mr. Garrison. Well said, well, well said. Thoughts from you on what what this poem evokes?
1: Um, you know, I, I you know honestly, I, I've been to a lot of different schools, I and mean, as you know, and and you know, I've been a lot of communities, and I, I've met people of all different races, colors, uh, you know, whatever backgrounds. And it's just one of those things where there's those quiet conversations that you have, and you know, I think people outwardly don't think they're racist, and they they've mm-hmm. never they would say, "Whoa, you 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 shouldn't call me that," and you know, I have black friends, or I have white friends or whatever the case may be, but they don't, sometimes they don't, when they have those conversations with themselves about what they really are, and they look in the mirror, that's totally different from whatever yep. you would tell me or, or you would tell somebody else in um, just. And so it's just me kind of having a conversation with myself and thinking, wow, let me look at it from the perspective of somebody that is maybe undercover. They don't really know it, but they are undercover. Yep. What are the things they should actually be thinking about in their mind like it's a really, be uh, make a strong assessment of themselves and say, "Am I really racist?" That doesn't mean that, that does mean you can't change. That just yeah. means you need to be honest with yourself about maybe I have some tendencies that I didn't know were, were even there.
0: Well, I th- and I think you know, it's funny. There's a section of your of your of your poem that that uh, reminds me of a Maya Angelou poem. I think it's "Still I Rise." Where, you know, the where she talks about does, does my something. You know, I, I can't. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to go back and read. Does it offend you? Does it da 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 da? And you say in here, you know, does the way I, way I navigate the world intimidate you uh, you know, and uh, does my combination of intellect and street smarts make you question you know that that kind of thing i I, I think it's it's a beautiful, self-reflective poem, not to be lost over, um, and that's why I wanted you to read it. All right, I'm going to break my rule. I said three, didn't I? Well, I lied.. Oh, <laughs>
1: You're fine. You're good, Scott.
0: All right. Can, oh, geez, I don't know which one I read. Um, can you read? I'm better, not bitter.
1: Oh yeah, I, I love on page that one. 50. I, um, I love that one. Um, page fifty.
0: I haven't even asked you to read the title of the one that is the title. <laughs> of the book. No problem.
1: No problem. Um, oh god,
0: what a mess! So
1: this one has has some really really. strong meaning when i think about just some of the and i know a lot of people everybody we've all dealt with relationships and some of them haven't always ended the best and so i I think about it and i'm like wow you know what what can i learn from that how can i hold myself accountable to make better decisions and to make sure i can learn from this uh seemingly not a great experience you know maybe things didn't happen the way i wanted them to but how can i become better and uh because i've been in situations i know a lot of people we've been in situations where we Could have easily said, well, it's pretty much their fault, but then you're like, okay, hold on, I was there too. So I think that's part of it, is kind of accepting that accountability and saying, I was there too, and so how can I be better instead of being bitter? So here it is, I'm, I'm better, not bitter. I know you probably thought this message would be coming from someone who is bitter. Let me clarify that even though I have every reason in the world to be bitter, I've made the conscious choice, the decision, to be better. I've learned over time that bitterness only affects those and the person that holds on to it. But I'll have you know now that I'm all about growth, evolution, and leaving the past in the past. I apologize without apologizing, because I don't owe you or anyone else anything but mutual respect. You probably thought I would be still trying to make sense of why things happened the way they did. But the truth is, that I'm just over you, and I'm on to the next chapter of my life. I'm not bitter. Trust me, I'm just way better than anything or anyone ever imagined. I would be. And I'm here to take my slice of the pie and tell you why closing chapters and books, it can feel just as good as opening them. I've successfully graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. My degree reads, a graduate from the University of Adversity. I've made my mom and dad so proud, and more importantly, I've made myself proud. I've made the conscious choice and the decision to not give up on friendships, on relationships, and connections with people who genuinely want to see me succeed. I've donated my bad habits for a new wardrobe of self-confidence, perseverance, and patience. The personality you see now is brighter than any item that you own in your closet. Happiness lives here now. Drama moved out years ago. I no longer have any interest in pursuing semi-relationships or gray area friendships. I would rather be happy alone than miserable just to have company with someone who doesn't have my best interests at heart. At least I know now, not every friend request was meant to be accepted and not every text message deserves a reply. I got your 2 a.m. text. With the message, hey, how are you? My younger self would have taken the energy to reply. My older self it realizes that no reply, that's still a reply. It may not been, have not been the response that you were looking for, but it was a response, it was a response that I needed to move forward with my life. I won't be anyone's leftover. I've earned the right to be someone's main dish. You can keep. Your dirty knives and forks in a sink for someone else to clean. I'll leave the water running for you. I'm better. I'm not bitter.
0: Oh man, that that that's ah <sighs> well, Lloyd, I love the I've donated my bad habits for a new wardrobe of self-confidence, perseverance, and patience. I I, I love that. I also I re I really strong. And such a good life lesson. It may not have been the response you were looking for, but it was a response I needed to move forward with my life. I won't be anyone's leftovers. And you can keep your dirty knives and forks in the sink for someone else to clean. I'll leave the water running for you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lloyd Garrison, what a treat this has been. Is there a poem you'd like to read as a closer, considering I violated all the rules and told you you could pick, and then I went and dominated the whole, I'm sorry, man. What am I going
1: (laughs) to do? You're fine, Scott. I really appreciate it. So I'll I'll read. So my last poem I'll read um, is it's one of my favorites, one of my favorites, like all of them, a lot of them are. But this one is, uh, I mean, this is definitely a closer poem. This is uh, one I want to leave the uh, listeners with. A chip on my shoulder. And this is one that stands for anything and, and all the obstacles that you may experience in your life. It stands for people that have counted you out. It stands for times where you thought about giving up or you thought that things were too difficult. No matter what journey you were on, when you encountered adversity and how you handled it, and that people just thought you were done. So I want to remind you that you should always understand that you're only one step closer to where you want to be. And this is a chip on my shoulder. I've had a pain in my shoulder for as long as I can remember. And I haven't been able to figure out why until now. I mean, several trips to the doctor, it revealed no other issues than a slight sprain, but I've used my pain for my own personal gain. And even though my pain, it won't show up on any x-rays, it's the same pain that has given me the strength, the courage, and the wisdom to make it to another day, despite all that I've been through. But the chip on my shoulder has kept me going, even when I wanted to give up. It's motivated me to achieve what they said was impossible, to dream what they said was foolish, and to travel places in my mind that only the strong survive. Excuse me. What is wrong with dreaming? Nothing. But I guess some people would rather smother your dreams with doubt than ignite them with hope. I remember when doctors gave me seven months to live, but it takes more than a medical degree and a white lab coat to diagnose a person's future. So ever since that moment, I've self-diagnosed myself with a chip on my shoulder that was never prescribed any medicine. A chip that tells me whether I'm waiting in line for food stamps or for the new Jays at Champs, I have purpose. Whether I'm in the passenger seat of a taxi or Uber or the front seat of a Mercedes Benz, I have worth. Whether I have one kid that gets straight A's or three that keep me up at night with migraines, I have value. The chip on my shoulder, it has a purpose. To confirm the greatness is in front of me, it's not behind me. It's to show me that no matter what I'm currently going through, struggles don't last always. It's to remind me that all I need and you need is a chance. I can handle the rest. The challenge is listening to the voice within and not the outside world. Pursue everything that you've always wanted to. This time, take the chip with you. That degree that you always wanted, go get it. No matter how long it takes, you won't be the first or the last person to graduate from a university of adversity. That business that you always wanted to start, go start it. Timing is not the only thing, it's everything. When you've waited so long for conditions to be perfect, That person that you always wanted to give you closure in that relationship or that friendship, go get it. Closing doors only leaves room for better opportunities to come your way. The sad thing about life is sometimes it can take almost dying to appreciate living. However, when you're used to operating with a chip on your shoulder, overcoming obstacles just comes with the territory. So I encourage you, To walk with your head held high. Embrace the chip. Sleep with the chip. Live with the chip. And most importantly, use the chip on your shoulder to motivate you to turn your hopes, your dreams, and your wishes and your fears into your reality. Take the chip with you.
0: Love it. Love it, you know. There, there's a there's a passage. Well, there's several passages, but the one that that really stands out to me is 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 when you, you you're talking about you know achieving what they said was impossible, dreaming what they said was foolish, traveling places in your mind. where only the strong survive. You know what's wrong with dreaming? And then you said nothing, but I guess some people would rather smother your dreams with doubt than ignite them with flames of hope. And I think for our community, you know, the community that's listening to this that is a message for, for the young people they work with. You know, it's, it's uh. there's a lot of people say, no, you can't, or, or you're too late or you're this or you're that, but ignite them with flames of hope. I just love that line, Lloyd. It's just really, really, really powerful for me. Ah, Lloyd Garrison. Thank you, my friend. This, this was, this, this was an awesome conversation. And, uh, uh, for our listeners in the show notes, we'll have information on how you can reach Lloyd, how you can learn more about his poetry and spoken word. I encourage you to to get a copy of uh, Lloyd's book. There's information on how you can do that uh, from his website. Lloyd Garrison, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on The Optimistic Advocate.
1: I, I appreciate it so much, Scott, for having me. And I, I like I said, all my li- listeners out there, I just want to encourage you and motivate you because um, you can do anything you put your mind to.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, take care, Lloyd. Well, folks, there you have it. Uh, wasn't Lloyd wonderful? You know, it is so, so what? Gratifying, so satisfying when we get an opportunity to explore the artistic talents of uh, of those, uh, you know, who do the hard work uh, day in and day out of uh, meeting the needs of uh, children, youth, and families with uh, mental health challenges. Uh, and Lloyd Garrison has been doing it for over 20 years in the juvenile justice system. And here he is, this amazing poet. It was, it was really a privilege to have Lloyd on the uh, show. And hey, listen, if you know somebody who's, got, who's a poet, uh, who's uh, got some artistic talent that you think would be worthy of having us um, visit with and have a conversation with, let us know. You can see the link to the uh, contact email in the show notes. And with that, another great episode of the Optimistic Advocate podcast. This is Scott Bryant, Comstock. I will see you later. We're happy to share whatever we've got.